Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. We love what God is doing in Orange County. Uh, I just believe, and I said this over Pastor Mark and Pastor Rochelle, that I believe they are walking in the harvest of so many seeds that have been sown, so many actions of obedience. And I'm so incredibly honored that Pastor Jeannie and Pastor Phil Muncy are here. They, uh, they let John and I speak at their church when we should not have been allowed to. Like, like when we were possibly preaching heresy. I remember going out to dinner with Pastor Phil afterwards and Pastor Phil just very gently helping John navigate some stuff. And I was like, I love them. They know we're really messed up, and they're just going to love us and come alongside of us and help us. And they're just true parents in the faith, and I adore them, just absolutely adore them. So I kind of got wild last time, so I'm going to flip the family photo. I'm going to do my, my newest grandchild. This is Scarlett Elizabeth first. Okay, you guys, look at her. Look at her. She's almost smiling. Scarlett doesn't really smile. She's got a judgy face on all the time. We dance around, we do embarrassing things, and she just kind of looks at us like, it doesn't do anything for me. And so you can see her mom. Her mom was like, she's almost smiling. I'm going to take a photo. She also is super fat. And so I, she has cheeks that are hanging off her. You want babies to be fat. Uh, she has cheeks hanging off her face, and I just think it's too hard for her to lift them with a smile. I think they're... I think if she thins out a little bit, we're going we're gonna to actually see her smile. We heard, I, I've never heard her laugh until her mom sent me a video where she just was throwing her up and, up, up and down and making all sorts of noise, and then she was laughing. But Jessica was like, that was so much work. Uh, we're okay with her just being judgy. So uh, that is Scarlett. She is the daughter of Austin and Jessica. I will put the whole family up. Okay, so this is Alexander. He's with my dog. That needs to change. That needs to change. He needs a woman. And then there's Austin and Jessica. They are the parents of Scarlett. Then there is Arden and Christian, and they're expecting their first baby. We're super excited. There's my wild one, Lizzie. I don't know how many of you had parents that would say things like, I hope you have a daughter just like you. Well, I was stupid, and I was also a heathen, so I would say, I hope I do too because I'll understand her. Then I became a Christian. I'm like, how about I have all boys? How about I have all boys? So that's Lizzie, and uh, she's, she's, she's going rogue in that picture. Just a matter of time. There's sweet Sophia, my husband of 40 years this year. John Bevere. Uh, John led me to the Lord on my very first date. I got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and healed on my first date with John. So I was like, you might as well marry him. So there's me. There's my beautiful Texas daughter-in-law. There's my firstborn Addison. There's my firstborn grandson, Asher, and he's holding August. But I want to talk about Asher a moment. Asher is a 39-year-old man trapped in a 12-year-old's body. John and I took him to Disney World pre-COVID. I sat next to him on the plane. He spread out the brochure and itemized every single ride at Disney World. Is it going to be dark? Will people be screaming? Are you going to scream? Am I going to scream? I'm okay with them spinning. I don't want to be turned upside down. And so we had to like go through every ride, the one I knew. And uh, when we got at the baggage claim, John had overheard some of this. John pulled me aside 
And he said, we better start out slow with Asher. He could have a meltdown on the very first ride. But John is Italian and I am Sicilian. Italians are known for feeding people. Sicilians are known for killing people. So we have a little bit of a different parenting style. I said, we're not going to start out slow. I'm going to find the scariest ride and we're doing that one first. So I asked around, they all said it was a dinosaur ride and Asher was all about the dinosaurs. So we go on the dinosaur ride, we get off of it. He looks at me and he said, gee mama, that was terrifying. And that was fun. Welcome to being a Christian in 2022. It is terrifying and it is fun, but you were not made for it's a small world. You were made for the avatar ride. You were made for another time and another place. And in case you didn't know it, you are just passing through. We could have been put in any time period. And God was like, no, these are the people that I am going to see this day with. These are the people that I wove in their mother's womb. These are the people for signs and wonders and miracles. These are the people who were fearfully and wonderfully made. But we are content to be fearful and wondering what is going on. Well, I'm going to tell you what's going on. The enemy is terrified that you will look into the mirror of God's word and discover who you really are. He does not want you to understand who you are or what is actually going on. Another Sicilian thing, you know, again, and don't, don't write me letters like, oh, stop saying Sicilians kill people. They do. They do. When they stop doing it, I'll stop saying it. But uh, another thing is I have the mindset that if I get attacked, it's a compliment. I'm like, wow, I'm being attacked. I must be a threat. See, the enemy does not attack people that he is not intimidated by. I remember, you know, I, I already mentioned that my husband did missionary dating with me. Uh, I remember that I got up the very next morning and I had gotten born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, saved, uh, healed, all that stuff. Got up the next morning and when my feet hit the ground, I heard nothing happened last night. You are not a Christian. You are just too bad. You can't just say a little prayer thing. And, and this, and I froze for about one minute. Then I realized I have been getting up out of bed for 21 years and I have never heard you're not a Christian. I have never heard anything, but you just go and be naughty. I have never heard. And I thought, wait a minute. He's coming to steal something that I now have. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't know who needed to hear that, but you better shake yourself and you better realize that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And the enemy... Oh, he's an expert in your past. He knows all about your history and he will use your history to attack you. But the truth is he doesn't really care about your history. He is after your destiny. And so he will use your past, but it's all about attacking who you are becoming. See, we all know who we have been, but only God knows who we are becoming. And that is why each and every one of us don't even know our real name. 
I know people avoid the book of Revelations, but the book of Revelations says that you and I are going to be given a stone that is white and written on that stone of white is going to be our real name, our real name that only Jesus and I know. I don't want you to think the name or the names you've been called in your past have anything to do with your name in eternity. We are alive now to grow into the likeness of the name of who we are becoming, not who we have been. So I want you to see that. I also want you to know it will never be easier to be brave than today. It will never be easier. I'm going to read a scripture because you're like, she needs to read a scripture. Yeah, I do. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26 through 28 says, don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open. And everyone will know things, how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There is nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body and soul in his hand. Listen, we have to say, God, I'm going to only fear you. I'm going to only tremble at your words, not at other people's words. I'm going to actually submit to your word. This is the day and the time where bullies will want to hold you back from rising into everything that God has created you to be. But they're only threatening. That's what they do. They threaten. Listen, we, we can't get canceled if God has called you. And some of you, it would be a favor if you were canceled off of social media. That isn't even... I mean, like, hallelujah, use the platform as long as you have it. But all I know is that John and I were not birthed through social media. We laid on our face on a carpet, on a calendar, and said doors of utterance open in the name of Jesus. God, you said in your word you would open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. You need to get some down on the carpet in the presence of God, prayers going in your life and not react to whether people like your posts or not. Okay. All right. I don't know where I went all that. Okay. So I said this last service, I'm changing up the order a little bit. So a couple, a couple months ago, I had the incredible privilege to be invited to speak to a lot of, uh, you know, a group of young ministers. It's funny. I've gone from being the token female in the equation to being the token older generation person in the equation and they were like hey hey we want you to come because we need some age in the room i'm like could we could we say wisdom could we say like why why, can, why does it have to be age how, how come so I, I was in the room and they said we're going to do a panel i said yes love panels i can do a panel and we opened up with some time of praise and worship and everybody's kind of singing and you know worship leaders are super sweet they're like let's just all confess our sins to each other and i'm like Heck no, heck no, heck no, no, no worship leaders. We're not doing this for you. And they were like, yeah, let's all just, let's all just confess. And I think pretty much the consensus in the room was no, no, nobody said anything. They're like, perhaps over lunch, you guys can just open up to each other. I'm like, 
no, not doing it. And I thought to myself, no, no, I'm not doing it. And right when I said that, the Holy Spirit was like, you actually are going to confess a sin that every person in this room is fighting right now. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't know we had like a communal sin. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to read it out of Isaiah 51, verse 7 through 8. Don't panic, Sarah. You don't have it. Okay, this is, this is what's going on. It's the sin of the fear of man. This is what it says in Isaiah. Listen now, you who know right from wrong, you who hold my teaching inside you, pay no attention to insults. And when mocked, don't let it get you down. Those insults and mockeries are moth-eaten from brains that are termite-ridden. This is like incense. But my setting things right lasts. Salvation goes on and on. And if I went further, it gets even meaner. He's like, these people are all going to die. I mean, so I think we need to understand we cannot be afraid of those that we see and dishonor the unseen holy one so we live in a time though it's i understand why people are afraid we live in a time when people are inhumane do you know what that means we live in a time where people don't even behave like they're humans anymore they lack compassion they lack kindness they believe lies are truth and truth are lies they've given themselves over to foolishness and their own mindset and thinking and that is what happens when a nation or a people refuse to worship god whenever we refuse to worship god not just acknowledge like oh yeah and god we trust i'm talking about when a nation refuses to bow before god when a nation refuses to worship god and honor him as who he is it says that we are given over to a darkened understanding. And Romans 1, 26, it said, worse followed. He tells about this ridiculousness. And he said, refusing to know God, they soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. And men didn't know how to be men. That is our day. That is our time. We have a culture that is saying we're going to make the men more like women and the women more like men. And if we can do an androgynous blend of both, we can bring healing. But same does not make us one. Actually, one pursuit is what makes us one. We need men to be men that serve and honor God and women to be women who serve and honor God. Because that, that is the reflection of our humanity. So... First John 2 18 says, children, time is just about up. You heard that the Antichrist is coming. Well, they're all over the place. Antichrist everywhere you look. And that's how we know we are close to the end. Okay, so I, I have a confession. I was born on June 6, 1960, which makes my birth date 6660. I was like, oh my gosh, am I the Antichrist? I was so nervous about it and someone's like no it's a guy i'm like okay it's a guy i'm gonna be all right but see it's it's not even about an individual it's about a spirit it's an anti-christ spirit and so we need to be aware that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood but with principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness and high places 
that would exalt themselves against us knowing God. And as a people who are drawn into a spiritual warfare, we will never take ground by being ungodly or dishonoring. Even, even Michael, Michael, a warring angel, when he was contending with Satan over Moses' body, he did not say, you stupid, whatever. He said, the Lord rebuke you. We need to be a people who know who we are in Christ. And because we know who we are in Christ, we know what we can speak in the name of Jesus. We need to understand that God has put his word in our mouth because it is a two-edged sword. And with one side, it cuts. And with the other side, it heals. And that is our privilege and our honor. Do you understand? You and I have been entrusted with an invisible, invincible weapon. It is called the sword of the spirit. And that is a sword that actually is a sword of light and a sword that can sing, a sword that can rightly divide. Do you know that we live in a time where a lot of things sound right but feel wrong? You've got to get into the word of God so that you can rightly divide and you can discern what's really going on. Because if you just look at what's going on out here, you will not be able to discern. You will be confused and you will be caught up. We need to set our eyes on what heaven is doing and say, Heavenly Father, I see all this, but I am not going to get entrapped with this. I'm going to lift my head. I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to prophesy thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that there would be a divine echo between heaven and earth and earth and heaven. That is our right as sons and daughters of God to declare his kingdom. That is our right. But see, you will never know who you are by looking at who you're not. Oh, you know, Instagram, Instagram. Listen, I love the filters. My boys are like, mom, stop using filters. People are not going to recognize you in real life. I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I love the filters. Half the time, I don't even see what I'm putting on a filter. Uh, you may have noticed I had one major filter error. I was interviewing somebody on an Instagram live, and I guess I did a filter that was like a big lip filter. And all during the filter, uh, people, the Instagram live, people are like, what did you do to your lips? I'm like, it's a bad filter. It's a bad filter. And then like if I moved, I had reading glasses on, but the false eyelashes would go to the front of the reading glasses and back of the reading glasses. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just delete that filter. But the truth is you can go through social media and feel intimidated. Don't be intimidated by my filters. Okay, but you can be intimidated because you may have felt that God said you were supposed to do something, but everybody's already doing it. Or you think, well, they're probably going to do it better. I love millennials. I birthed four of them. Millennials are some of the most brilliant, well-connected people on the face of the earth. They are also some of the most confused. They actually have a, a, an innate awareness that God has created them 
for something more. But if you ask them, they'll say, I have no idea what it is. Well, I'm going to tell you there's a reason why you guys don't know what you're called to do. You are called to do something that has never been done before. And when you're called to do something that has never been done before, you cannot be distracted by what has already been done. You need to get into the presence of God and let God release the new thing over your life instead of remaking or criticizing the old thing. Get in the presence of God. God will whisper something to you in just one moment. An idea. He will whisper something. He will awaken a talent. He will awaken a longing that you will never find in the presence of people. Get into the presence of God. And that goes for Gen Z's too. Again, I already told you I get invited as the token older person. And uh, I got to go to a next gen summit and they let us go last, hallelujah. It was an older guy and an older me. And we sat there and we had listened to the, the brilliance of the deconstruction of the table flipping and I just got up there and I said, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm the biggest advocate yes. for millennials and Gen Z's. Wow. But dishonoring yes. what went before you is not going to go well for you. Yeah. Flipping other people's tables. Yeah. I know Jesus flipped a table, but it was his table to flip. Yeah. You don't get to go around flipping everybody else's table. You get to flip your own table. That's, that's, what, that's what happens for me when I pray. I'm like, I want to flip John's table. And God's like, no, you get to flip your own table, Lisa. So we need to get into the presence of God and let him flip our own tables. Flip what we have set up as an idol. Flip what we have set up as an opinion. Do you know, I have really good opinions. There's so many opinions that are in me that are so, so strong. I type them out. I read them. I'm like, I feel like Jesus loves this opinion. And then you know what I do? I delete it because God doesn't really care about my opinions. I care about them. Sometimes I share them with my husband. He doesn't feel like they're as good as I feel like they are. But, but I don't think God needs our opinions. And we live in a time period where people have responded to the church's mishandling of opinion and truth. See, for too long, the church preached the truth without love. And the truth without love is harsh. So our culture has filled the void by preaching love without truth. But love without truth is a lie. So this is our challenge in our day. We're going to have to figure out how to live both truth and love. And that begins with us. That begins with how I love my husband. That begins with how I train and love my children. That begins with how I interact with other people. That begins with how I measure my words. Do you understand what the Bible says about words? It says that you and I are going to give an account for every idle, I-D-L-E, word. 
I don't like that. I have a really high idle word account from the first 10 years of my marriage. I'm trying to limit what comes up into my account. Idle word. What does that mean? Words that are void of utility. Words that do not build others. Words that do not build the church. I don't know when we thought it was a good idea to pull up the skirt on the bride and expose her nakedness. I believe that Jesus says he washes the church with the water of the word. I am tired of platforming where the church has failed. Let's talk about where she is taking ground. Let's talk about where she is loving well. Let's talk about what we saw happen this weekend. People getting out of wheelchairs. We cannot be afraid of their faces. We cannot be afraid of the pushback. You have to stand strong. You have to know who you are. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. John and I have had the privilege of traveling many, many places. And we had gone to... North, uh, not North Korea. That was a lie. We had gone to South Korea. Strike it, strike it. Never been there. Okay. We had gone to South Korea and it was such a quick turnaround. Like we were like, we can do this. Yeah, we can go to South Korea for two days and then I'm home one day and then I go somewhere else. And so I had gone to South Korea and I was working on a manuscript and I fell asleep at my laptop. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to lay down. This is, this is silly. I have eight pages of the letter T. This is just, this is lay down time. And so I was laying down and as I was falling asleep, I heard, don't, don't freak out on me. I heard, I do not love my children equally. I sat up. I thought, did I bring home a blasphemy spirit from South Korea? God, you have to love us all the same. He said, same would imply that one of you are replaceable. Equal implies my love can be measured. He said, I don't love my children equally. I love them uniquely. See, the way God loves you and the way God loves through you is unique to you. The prayers that you know how to pray are uniquely born out of your heart and your experience. And do I have any moms of more than one child? Wave at me. Okay, I remember when I had my first son, I was like, I want eight. I want eight. And then I got pregnant with my second child, and I started to panic. I was like, wait, I know how I feel about my firstborn, but I don't know how I feel about stranger baby who looks like an alien in the sonogram. I began to think that I was going to have to cut the love in half and share it equally. But something opened up in my heart that had never been there before when I gave birth to Austin and then something new opened up when I had Alec and something more when I had Arden. We are God's children who are without rival. So we need to stop allowing rivalry to rob the body of Christ from who she is. We got to stop competing and comparing and stop attacking one another. We got to stop it. We got to stop it because we are feeding into that fear of man. Like I got accused of being part of a group that I, I had to look them up. I, I asked them, I was like, who is this? Who, who are these people? If you are looking to please people, 
It says that if I seek to please man, then I am no longer the servant of Christ. We need to think that through. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if you feel like fear of man is creeping in, I get it. I understand. We all want to be loved. We all want to belong. We all want to be part of something. But I also know that perhaps God is pioneering something. And when you are part of pioneering something, you will take more pressure than those that will follow you. But I have to believe that you are anointed to be pioneers, not just placators. Not just placators. And this is not something that was woven into me. I was telling your pastor that my mom had such a spirit of fear on her life that one of my uncles lost a, a leg in a motorcycle accident. My mom said, you should never ride a motorcycle. I'm like, now I'm going to have to buy one. Now I'm going to have to buy a motorcycle. I have a motorcycle license. I'm like, I'm going to have to ride one because I hated having people put fear on me. But I was susceptible to that because at five years of age, I lost my right eye to cancer. And when I lost my right eye to cancer, a spirit of fear came in. And all of a sudden, this girl that had been fearless started feeling contained, started feeling like people would look at me like all I was was an artificial eye. Like, oh, it's so sad what she lost. And I remember when I was in high school, you had to take either speech or debate to graduate. And I thought, well, I'm terrified of getting up in front of any of my classmates. I wasn't a cheerleader. I wasn't anything. I, I, I was always hiding. And so I thought, well, I can't get up in front of people and argue. So I'll just do speech and I'll just really over-prepare. So I'm standing in front of my classmates. And when I finally feel brave enough to lift up my head, one of the boys in the back row says, what's wrong, Cyclops? And I began to shake I went running out of the room to the guidance counselor. And I said, this is not fair that you're making me a one-eyed handicapped girl. Get up in front of the other students. How can I get a good grade? And you know what? They agreed with me. Because the world will always agree with you that you can't do something. They said, you're never going to do public speaking, are you? I said, I will never do public speaking. I have diarrhea before I do, but no, I will never do that. And they're like, okay, we're just going to sign a waiver for that. And I said, now, wait, I need to tell you, there's another class I'm having a really hard time with. And they said, okay, what is it? I said, typing. I said, I cannot type. I can't get above 25 words per minute. Back then we actually had typewriters. And so our hands were here and I would turn, I'd be like, I can't even see it. I can't. I'll tell you when I can see my hand right there. No peripheral vision on that side. So I couldn't get above 25 words per minute. And they're like, okay, we'll waive typing for you as well. And I remember walking over to my grandmother's house that day, and I thought I had been set free. I was like, I will never have to get up in front of people. I will never have to type anything. I'll pay other people to do it. I am not going to type any papers. I felt released. And God was laughing. He was like, baby girl, something's going to happen to you when you're 21. You're going to get born again, filled with my spirit. I'm going to put my word in your mouth. And then you're going to actually have to type. So I'll give you a break from 15 to 21 years of age, but I'm going to position you to face what you fear. 
so that you can become fearless. And you are a generation that God wants to position you to face whatever that obstacle is that makes you back down. Obstacles in our pathway are our preparation. They are not they are not what stops us. They are what prepares us. And I don't know what you've gone through for the last 18 months or however how long this craziness has been, but all I know is it's a full-on attack against who you are becoming. So I want you to stand to your feet right now, and I'm going to pray a godmother prayer over you because I can because I'm half Sicilian, because I have my Italian citizenship, so it counts. Okay, I want you to lift up your hands. Father, I speak to the seeds that fear has tried to cause them to bury. I speak to the talents that are right now hidden. And Father, I command a release of the gift of God. I speak to voices that have been silenced, and I thank you that mouths are open, hearts are on fire, boldness comes on them. Father, I believe this is a prophetic generation, but the enemy has gotten them to criticize. I thank you that you have anointed the sons and the daughters, the old and the young, to prophesy. And so, Father, put your word in their mouth like fire. Let it be shut up in their bones, Father, in such a way that they can't hold it back. And Father, I stand in agreement with Pastor Mark, Pastor Rochelle, Pastor Jeannie, Pastor Phil, and all those that labor in this land. That a revival is going to come from California. And a wave of your spirit is going to sweep over the nation. This time from the west to the east. And it's going to baptize our nation in the fear of the Lord. And the signs and the wonders and the miracles that we all long for. In Jesus' name. And everybody that agrees, say amen and amen. I believe you need to be grounded in truth. I wrote a book called Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions. We are drowning in a universe of opinions. Everybody gets to have their own truth. And that truth can change next week. Well, no, you can have your own story. You can have something that is true of you. But you don't get to have your own truth. Because the truth is not a what. The truth is a who. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is inviting anyone and everyone to come. And then identity. Listen, you are not your past. You are not what was done to you. I'm so tired of people saying, well, I might get triggered. Listen, listen. Don't get triggered. Get anointed. Get called. Listen, get transformed. Listen. There's craziness out there. That's why we need you to lean into what you have on your life. So you have an identity that is without rival. And you need to lean into that. And then we have a devotion out there called Strong. You know what? We got to have strong. I mean, seriously. Sweetness. I mean, like, it's kindness, yes. Because kindness is what opens the door to repentance. Kindness is not an endorsement. Kindness is something that we all need to practice. But we also need to speak the truth in love. And so we need strong. And we have a culture that basically doesn't want the Christians to be strong. They tell us strong is wrong. So they are thinking that wrong is strong. And they're very loud. And so we need to live the truth in love in such a way that we have strong conversions to Jesus Christ. 
so honored, so blessed to be here, so excited about the future of Oceans Church. So, so, just my, my G-Mama, older woman heart is so full. Pastor Mark. Come on, let's thank Lisa Bevere for being with us today. What a great word. Come on, we do better than that. Give her a good hand clap today. We love you, Lisa. So grateful for you and John. And do me a favor, uh, you can grab a seat. I feel this, though, real strong. I feel, uh, even as she was saying, I can just feel that authority that she was sharing. You know, the Bible says one-third of giving hell a bad day is when you share your story. It says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And I don't know why, but I just heard the Holy Spirit. As she was sharing that, God began to speak to me. There is people in here that there was words spoken over you when you were five, six, eight, four. Maybe it was a mom or dad that maybe had a good motive, but just spoke something over you. You're always going to be shy. You're always going to be scared. They're just fearful. He's not very smart. She's never going to get graduate college. They're not as good as their brother. I just feel like today the Lord wants to actually cancel words that were actually holding you back. I don't care if you're 50. I believe that God can liberate someone that's older from words. Some of you are stuck in words from people that are no longer living. And I just believe today that God wants to actually cancel these vows, these words that were declared over you. So I want to do this today. Just we're, we're not a weird church, but we are an honest church. And if you're here today and you go, Mark, to be honest with you, there was a moment in my life, I felt like there was a spirit that came over me. I remember the class. I remember I got free in Bible college, but I had a teacher in math. And he pointed at me one day, because I was always joking, was talking in class a little bit. And uh, I remember one day he pointed at me, he goes, Mark, he goes, you know, someone in the military in those Navy ships has to clean the sewage out. He said, if you don't shape up, he's like, you're not going to do anything. You're going to be cleaning the sewage out of some boat in the military one day. And I remember him, like, literally throughout the year, just verbally saying things. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. And I remember I went through an encounter, kind of like an inner healing thing. And I remember it was that moment that I remember thinking, I'm not very smart. And some of you today, you know there was a moment in your life that you felt a spirit of inferiority come over you because something someone spoke. I got news for you today. If someone can give you a word to make you stuck, we serve a God that gives you a word that gets you free. And I just feel, I don't do this every week, but I feel like some of you might have been a family member, a teacher, a, a, a relative, a neighbor that said something to you. And you just go, man, I just feel like I've always lived in the shadow of that negative word. I just feel like today God's going to liberate you. That's you today. I just want you to stand to your feet. It doesn't make you weird. It makes you honest. There's many of you today. I just feel like you might be 70 years old, 80 years old. I feel... Like I've been living under the shadow. You're always going to be sick. That's my sick kid. That's my, that's my kid that always is, is accident prone. This is the accident prone kid. And I just feel like today the Lord says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting that off. So come on, if someone's up next to you, just put your hand on their shoulder. We're a church that believes that we take authority over that deaf and dumb spirit that tries to actually keep the children of God in bondage. We thank you for Lisa Bevere, who is a living trophy of the grace of God, that not only would she overcome the spirit of fear, but she would be a liberator of millions of others.
And I thank you that, Lord, even as Ronald Reagan said, that when men stand up in, 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 with resolve and courage, it stiffens the spine of others. And I pray today, Lord, even as, as Lisa Bevere has shared her story, let it stiffen the faith of Ocean's Church that we will not cower to fear that we will not be those that are timid. We will not be those that are afraid. But God, the only thing that we fear is God himself. I, I cancel every word, every vow, every hex, every vex. You said that a curse without a cause shall not alight. You said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You didn't say that the weapon wouldn't be formed. You declared that it would not prosper. And so I pray today as the pastor of this house, that, Lord, we cancel every ill word. We call them null and void. And we declare that God himself is sending his word, and he is healing. Come on, if you're standing today, come on. Have it all over Ocean's Church. Pray this prayer. Even online, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I cancel in your name any word that doesn't line up with what you think about me. If you say I'm blessed... I'm blessed. If you say I'm favored, I'm favored. If you say I have all that I need that pertains to life and godliness, I believe it. I am what you say I am. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Faith, courage, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Do what those people said I could never do. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him 10 seconds if you believe you can do it right now. Come on, give him a shout if you believe you can get free right now. Yeah. Come on, and while we all stand, if you're here, we do this every week. The last two things we do, we'll get you out of here. If you're here and you're like, you know what I like Lisa and John? Come on, everybody stand your feet. I'm sorry, that was a cryptic way of saying everyone stand your feet. Um, you hear John and Lisa Bevere, Benny Perez, and it's like these guys aren't talking. These, Lisa's not talking like she studied God. She's talking like she has a everyday relationship with him. Some of you, that's new. Some of you are very religious. Man, I'm very spiritual, but I feel like I've never had a personal relationship with the spirit of Jesus. And that's you today. I want to invite you. For the first time, you're agnostic, atheist. Well, I don't even know if I could respond because my whole identity has been wrapped up in this atheism. I want you to know that what you have believed is not who you are. You are who God says that you are. And so today, I feel like there's some atheists in here that you're like, whoa, I feel something that's God. Never felt this, since this. This is crazy. If you're here, there's a few atheists that you've never believed raised by atheists, raised by agnostics, but something is knocking on your heart that you've never felt. You would say it's the aura, it's the vibe, it's the, it's like something's the energy. You have your own words, but I want to let you know what it is. It's the Spirit of God. And He's knocking at the door of your heart. And He says, all who come to me, I will enter in. So right now, that's one group. The other group is, you know God is real, but you've never fully surrendered your life. You've given them 10%, 20%, 50%. But I'll be honest, you're at church a lot of Sundays, but you're still in a lot of bad places on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And you feel God say, if there was ever a year of my life 
that I want to go all the way in, it's this year. If you want to rededicate your life fully, not just making Jesus Savior, making Him the boss, making Him the Lord. I love Lisa's story about how she, she disagreed with God, and God corrected her. When was the last time God corrected you? And I would remind you, if you've never been corrected by Him, it's probably because you're not one of His kids yet. I only discipline kids that have my last name. You can discipline other people's kids, but you get arrested for that. God only corrects His kids. And I don't know why, I feel like this for someone here, you're like, I think I'm a Christian. No, no. When was the last time you disagreed with God? When was the last time you felt like God was like, don't do that again? When was the last time God told you to do something you didn't want to do and you did it? If you haven't, here's a moment. I want you to rededicate your life to God. Because I believe somewhere along the way, you disown God. And God says, I want to be your father. Will you rededicate your life? So all over the tents today, first time decision, or you want to rededicate fully, go all in today. We've had over 120 this weekend. There's more here. Would you do me a favor, eyes closed, heads bowed. I'll give you three seconds. But I want you to raise your hand like you're not embarrassed, like you're not shy. But I want you to raise your hand like I am really knowing, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting right with God here and now. Raise your hand right now, all over. I'll give you three seconds. One, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, hands are going up. Right now, I see many hands going up. Two, a lot of hands already up. If you want to catch the bus right now, real high, three, that's me. That's me, that's me. Five, six, real high, seven, eight, real high, nine, real high, 10, real high, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, real high, 17, real high, real high, real high. I see 17 hands, 17 hands, 18 hands. Anybody else? I see in the backpack. Awesome. Put your hands down. I believe there's two more. Your heart is pounding. You are sweating in parts of your body that you didn't know you could sweat. I think this is God. You trying to embarrass me, preacher? No, I'm trying to give you an opportunity that you might not get the rest of your life. I can tell you stories about people that were here on Sunday that were in heaven on Tuesday. I'm not prophesying that over you. But I'm saying, why would you, make, why would you wait for later for something that you would want to do today? There's at least two more. There's actually be seven more. But there's two that God stopped for. If you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to, there's seven more hands going up. You ready? One, Lord, give them the courage to not miss the bus. Two, eyes closed. No one's looking. They're not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Three, I didn't raise my hand, but I was supposed to. There's seven more. There's seven more. Raise your hand real high, real high. There's one. There's two. Real high. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Three in the back. I see you. There's three. Keep it up. Four. Where you at? Five, six, seven. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're worth it. You're worth it. Oceans, the Bible says that we enter into relationship by confessing what we believe. So do me a favor, all over the room, even online, you can write heart if you're watching right now on the feed, and we'll pray for you online as well, more online. But pray this prayer, Oceans, as we close. Say, Jesus, I invite you all the way in. Would you heal me? Would you forgive me? And today, would you lead me? My boss, CEO, best friend, and lover of my soul. My life is yours. I give it to you now. Fill me with your spirit. Speak to me from your word. 
and plant me in a healthy local church. In Jesus' name. You pray that prayer, I believe you became a real Christian today. Come on, give him a five-second hand clap. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Last thing we do before uh, they close us out is I don't ever want to stop. Because how many think if someone got healed of cancer in the last minute we were together, it would be worth an extra 60 seconds? Would you believe that? Okay. So I always want one-third of the ministry of Jesus was not just preaching, it was praying for the sick. So if you're here today, you go, Mark, my heart is broken. Jesus heals broken hearts. I am so, I have panic attacks. I have night tears. We serve the Prince of Peace. If you're here, you're like, Mark, I'm bipolar. I'm schizophrenic. We serve a God that can heal minds. You know, God told me years ago, he can heal me anywhere that I hurt. Someone's Achilles messed up. Someone has a bruised rib. I believe that God can heal today. We had a lady come out of a wheelchair. We had a guy who had lungs at 70% capacity back to 100. One moment, one moment. He literally responded and looked at his phone, and it went from 70% to 99%, and then 100%. So here's our moment. God, I believe that you can heal me. I just want you to raise your hand. Don't say if it's mental healing, physical healing, some of you trying to get pregnant. Just If you need a touch from God, just lift your hand. Everyone needs a touch sometimes. If that's you, just raise your hand real high. Don't be shy. God, I pray this will be a miracle Sunday. Do what doctors can't do. Do what surgeries can't do. Do what medicine can't do. We believe that you can do anything. Someone's hands up next to you. Go ahead. Come on. We believe in praying for people. Lay your hand on them. And I want you to pray this prayer with some conviction. Say, Jesus, we believe. Say it like you got, it's like down in your bones. Say, Jesus, we believe that you can heal from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Do what doctors say can't be done. Do it better, do it faster, and do it for your glory. Let them become a walking billboard of the miraculous power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Heal now. In Jesus' name. Say this with me. Say, by this time... Tomorrow, Wednesday, and next Sunday, every symptom be gone. You said we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Recover in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.